Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to The Real Nerds Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy, at Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. Do you like your stories told through pictures? Then you can also follow us at Real Nerds on Instagram. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Camera, action! Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd can... Doesn't talk film! I'm sorry. Take it outside. This is Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the best movie podcast on the internet. Every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week, we saw Baby Ruby. Dun, 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 dun. Stay tuned, because we will recommend the film or not, play the trailer, and then spoil it. I am joined pretty much every week by this gentleman. Brad, how's it going? Not bad. How you doing? Can't complain. Got back from Disney, you know? Went to Disneyland with the family, and it was like 75 degrees out there, and... You Gotta came back go to on. the winter wonderland and <laughs> yeah, and now you're broke. <laughs> I got back on at Saturday, like at eleven o'clock at night, and it's like I and then I had to do a recruiting event for work on Monday, so almost like I never left. Yeah, we started to get some good weather uh, the last couple days there, and then here we are back in the cold, cold, <laughs> snowy. But I guess it's only supposed to last tomorrow, and then it's supposed to be in the 50s again. So it's about that time of year where it snows, and then it gets cold for a day, and then it gets really warm, and then it snows, and, you know. Yeah, as long as the roads clear up, that's what I care about, because I got stuff to do. Yeah, yeah, especially tomorrow. I got to go see Ant-Man. Fuck. Uh, we also talk about the big movie news and something we've been watching. This week on Real Nerds, we watched Baby Ruby. Brad, do you recommend Baby Ruby? Uh, I I don't know. Uh, maybe if you've ever had postpartum depression and you want to feel like some solidarity, uh, then maybe this is the movie for you. Um, yeah, I couldn't like I couldn't nail down the tone of it. Sometimes I thought it was really funny, and other times I thought it was like trying to be a horror film. Um, and then other times just being like a um, kind of like a surreal art house thing. Um, so it's, it's well made, but I just didn't quite connect with it. How about you? Yeah, I think I'm kind of in the same boat where, uh, cause I, I wanted to see this movie after I saw the trailer because it just looked interesting. Um, and, uh, it was a first time director and she evidently is like a really famous playwright. So I, I was kind of interested in seeing it, and 
Um, yeah, it's it deals with postpartum depression, and like I, I I liked it more than Knock at the Cabin and a couple other films we've seen this year. But it sounds weird, but I don't know if because I'm a dude that um, it maybe it didn't affect me as much. Like if because you know my my wife had a kid that she could relate maybe more to what she was going through. Um, but yeah, I mean, and it's a tough to recommend a movie that deals with postpartum depression and a, a mother, I, I don't know, you know, um, but here's the trailer for baby Ruby. Strange, throwing your own baby shower. I just need it to be perfect. Nothing's going to be any different. It's just a baby. How big are they even, you know? This says they like to suck, swaddle, and swing. I don't need some book, Spencer. Your babies are so quiet. What's your secret? You have to stop. Trust your instincts. Great. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with her. Babies cry. It's tough. Oh, hi. Hi, Joe. You need a rest. I can take care of Ruby myself. I feel like I'm disappearing. Everyone goes through this. Don't you understand? She's killing me. You want me to believe that I'm crazy? Mother's instincts never die. No, open the door! She's so perfect. I know the truth. Ruby! Baby Ruby revolves around a, a French woman who lives in America with her husband, and she is a is it an influencer or a blogger? I don't know what they're called now because I'm not cool. Yeah, influencer um, blogger. She basically her her business is herself, her in her own brand. Yeah, so she basically does uh, like lifestyle stuff, you know, um fashion and all those other things, but because she's pregnant, she's kind of documenting her pregnancy and she has the what appears to be everything is fine. Um you know, throughout her life. And then she goes into labor. And when she has her baby, that's when her first kind of nightmare, I guess, quote unquote starts. And basically the whole film is her dealing with 
what I want to say is postpartum depression, but that is manifested into her being haunted by herself and the her mother-in-law and she doesn't trust anybody and what is really interesting about this film is i think and it's obviously on purpose is you don't know what is actually happening to her and what is part of her depression Mm -hmm. um and i kept on thinking because i i love in the mouth of madness but there's a part in it where Sam Neil says, this is not reality. And I kept thinking about that <laughs> every time she would see, you know, she would move and her reflection in her mirror would still stare at her. Um, but I, I mean, I guess, uh, I mean the, the woman who uh, plays Joe and I think she's really good, uh, you know, cause that's a tough role to do because, you know, you know, and I think the director and the writer, they're trying to make you uncomfortable because it's another one of those movies where the baby is crying a lot. And I don't know if it was on purpose, but it was starting to drive me crazy. <laughs> um, and I, I'm guessing that sound design is on purpose. Yeah. So they want, they want the audience to feel, uh, like what Joe's feeling. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's also a part where, she meets all these other moms and you never see their babies. Uh, but they have some sort of uh, support group really for new moms. And Joe eventually believes that they never had a baby and they're trying to steal hers because she has an affair with one of them. And, but I don't also know if that was real because they never really answer that question. Yeah, <laughs> uh, about and they, I guess they didn't answer a lot of questions. I, I, I'm I'm guessing it has to do with it's the whole movie revolves around her postpartum depression is what I I gathered from it. Yeah, it's like this abstract take on it. Um, you know, it's, it's presented like a horror film, like with the trailer and everything. I thought it was going to be a, like a possessed demon baby movie, right? Mm-hmm. Not right away, but uh, a little bit into the movie, you kind of realize like, oh, this is um like more of a drama. With like like horror elements, yeah. Um, so, but yeah, it plays with like this thread of yeah, she hooks up with uh, one of the support group girls, um, and then later on, like it influences her interpretation of what the group is doing and what like her how her husband is involved, and like maybe they're like kidnapping ba- like babies around town and like, yeah, kind of cannibalizing them, uh, yeah. I think it's all part of just like all the different like loony thoughts that um, Joe could possibly have um, as she like makes excuses for um, her depression, you know? Yeah. And I, I believe that too. I, um, there's just some, also some whiplash parts where uh, her husband, who I can't remember his name right now and his Ken um, Harrington. Yeah, but what's his character's name though? Spencer. I remember Spencer. Okay, Spencer. I did it. Um, is sitting down with his mom, and they go, "Well, someone's going to show up and take you away." Um, and they said, "You know, uh, can I hold my baby one last time?" Yeah, sure. I'm like, wait, what are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> but I don't also know if that's 
you're only hearing her kind of version of the conversation. You know what I mean? Is that really what they're saying? Is I mean, I don't know. Um, yeah, I think a lot of it's in her head. Um, I think there's also like this parallel between, you know, her initial job as a as a you know blogger influencer. Yeah, very kind of kind of selfish. Um, and I think uh, you know she stops blogging and everything like right after the baby's born. And, uh, you know, her assistant's constantly asking, like, hey, are you going to update? You know, your your fans want to know what's going on. Um, and I think uh, part of her depression is, like, she's grappling with the fact that she, you know, this 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 thing isn't just a prop. Like, she actually has to take care of it. Um, yeah. And she can't no, that's just. That's a great point. Yeah. Like, she can't just show it off. Like, there's actually real work to be done. I think that makes her depressed is like, so, so she's trying to transition from being like, Oh, I'm, I'm the star of my own life. And now I'm responsible for another one. Um, yeah. You know, I didn't even put that together. That's great. Cause she, because at the very beginning, remember her husband says, wait a minute. So this is a fake baby shower you're putting on for yourself. Yeah. And you realize she's making everything look perfect because she's going to take pictures and post about it so she can, because uh, the first thing she does is she posts her article and then she goes immediately to the comments um, looking for that so- self-validation of look how pretty and cool I am. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I think it's a well-made movie. I just um, it's it's a tough recommend, you know? Yeah. If, if you don't like love crying babies, it's it's a tough sit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, th- I think it's interesting. Yeah. And it's like, it's not a bad movie. Um, I think the performances are really good in it. Um, I even like the mother-in-law where she seems really friendly and there's some sinister like, dialogue she has about wanting to kill her baby. Um, but again, I don't know if that is part of it. I think it's a, uh, I think it's real, but um, the way like just the presentation in the, in the music and like the performance it's made to make you think that it's more sinister than it really is. Cause I think it, it would normally be like, it's a little influenced by Joe's interpretation yeah. at the moment. So, yeah. I, I, I think if it's on streaming, I think maybe that might be the best way to see it. Just, you know, so you can kind of see if it's something you can put up with. And if not, you can just turn it off. Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting to watch throughout the whole thing. And I think it's only maybe an hour and a half. It's a short movie. Um, but Yeah. Cool. This is the big news story of the week. It's real news. So the the big news story is I went to California Adventure and I got on Web Slinger, a Spider-Man adventure ride. And in it, you take the role of helping Spider-Man um, get rid of these spider bots that are multiplying in his lab and it's an interactive ride where it's in 3d and um the game senses your spider-man moves and the second time i wrote it um it was kellen myself and my wife and then this one guy got on Hmm. and i noticed that he had like this cheat sheet because you score points for how many of these spiders you capture and each spider is worth a different amount. So he had this cheat sheet and um, he thought he was going to beat me. And I made it my goal to not lose to him. 
and I did not. So that's the big news story of the week is that I beat some <laughs> random guy on the Spider-Man ride in Disneyland. That dude's like a day away from just <laughs> ending it all. And he's like, if I can win this thing, <laughs> I'm going to keep on going. And my only solace is I'm going to be the best Spider-Man <laughs> player. If, um, I, if I could just be the best at one thing in life, it's enough to make me want to live. And then you come in and just yeah. destroy him. <laughs> Tragedy strikes at Disneyland. Um, He's floating in a swamp in the Everglades. Yeah, the the ride's really fun, though. And it's really cool because, uh, you know, Tom Holland does the bit. And or is uh, Peter Parker and Spider-Man in it. Um, so it's really cool. Uh, the new Guardians, I guess it's not really that new, but it's maybe three, four years old. But it overtook... Uh, tower of terror and uh so it's basically a a drop ride but it has all the actors who play you know the characters and when you go into the room before you go into the gantry device which is just the old tower of terror elevators uh rocket shows up in the collector's room and he steals peter quill's walkman again and when you get on the ride he plugs it in so it plays some classic rock song or a song from, you know, guardians of the galaxy. And every time you're on a new floor, the doors open and it's a different scene plays out, but was really cool. We wrote it a second time and it was a different song and it was different scenes. So I don't know how many different scenes they have for the ride, uh, but it was really cool. Um, So yeah, that was a lot of fun, but the real movie news is they're going to start Spider-Man four. Uh, they just started writing the script for it. So, I mean, I haven't heard officially Tom Holland's going to be back, but I know Amy Pascal, who's the producers on him, said that he's going to do another trilogy. But I could have sworn the last time I read an interview with him, he's like, I don't know if I'm going to do any more. So, um, but I'm guessing they're going to send him a lot of, give him a lot of money and he'll probably do it. Uh, yeah. You're looking at like another decade of commitment. So. Yeah, I mean, I get it, though. Um, I know he wanted to take time off because he literally shot, I think, four movies <laughs> over three years. And they're all really taxing between the two Avengers movies, then Spider-Man and um, Spider-Man and Uncharted, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a lot of work. Um, so I know he's taking this year off. And, I mean, he hasn't been in anything since No Way Home. Plus, he's probably like what thirty now. Uh, no, I think he's twenty six. He's pretty young. Yeah, it's still uh, you know, by by the time he's, he'll be his late thirties by the time he finishes those three movies. So there is like just the age factor. So, so he is twenty six right now. You know, I mean, so, yeah, he still kind of got that uh, boyish look to him, but. It's, 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 I just wonder what like Marvel's plan is, um, to keep him looking young, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, he doesn't really have to be because I mean, he's technically done with high school. So the next time you see him, it could be like a real time has passed, you know, three, four years. I guess they do um, keep track of time now, you know, the blip and everything. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I'm always down and, um, and they're they're also saying that they're going to start shooting Blade in ten weeks. Um, 
so it, it's cool because every time a new Marvel movie is about to come out, they start doing press tours and filling in some of the gaps. And I do know that there's some movies in phase. So we're in phase five and phase six that aren't quite announced yet. So I'm not sure which ones those ones are going to be. And I'm guessing one of them is going to be a Spider-Man movie. I mean, and I can't imagine them not making another Spider-Man movie because that one almost made $2 billion. So, yeah. So hopefully uh, we'll hear news. I'm guessing maybe around uh, Comic-Con or D23. They'll probably announce another Spider-Man movie. Cool. And that's that's really it for the news. I mean, nothing crazy is going on right now. Uh, Steven Spielberg was overheard at... Uh, the Oscars luncheon telling Tom Cruise his, he saved uh, Hollywood's ass with <laughs> Top Gun. I saw that, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but yeah. Hey, we watch things throughout the week, and we're going to talk about some of them and what we've been watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Brad, what'd you watch this week? Uh, Do you want me to talk about... One of three things, the greatest showman missing or fire of love or sun- Oh wait, four things. Sun- sunset, uh, oh, five things, sunset Boulevard or assault on precinct 13. Huh? Um, how about you choose what you think's the most interesting one? And, mm. or I'll just do quick about. takes of all five. Sounds good. Uh, assault on precinct. Precinct 13, uh, apparently a John Carpenter classic. I did yeah. not like it. <laughs> no? I thought it was terrible. Um, yeah, just uh, I thought the acting was awful. Um, the uh, premise was ridiculous. Um, yeah, fight me. <laughs> I tell you. Yeah. I do know that's like his... Uh, that's kind of the movie that got him going you know yeah because i think he made halloween right after that yeah this is 76 yeah so two years before um yeah just uh if you haven't watched it you're listening you're listening you haven't watched it uh this uh uh police officer trans like is a transferred to this precinct that's shutting down it's like being relocated um so he goes over and like watches the empty station as it's being uh relocated there's a couple of people left behind and meanwhile there's uh this local gang that uh attacks uh, a father and his daughter kills the daughter and then the father tracks them down and kills some of them and so they huh. chase him back to the precinct um and th- he goes catatonic like he can't explain <laughs> anything that's happened like i don't know uh like, like apparently that whole situation was so traumatic that he suddenly can't explain to the officers there what's exactly going on so the officers stumble through uh the on- the oncoming onslaught of gang members who lay siege to the station um you know, he could have just said like, "Hey, I'm being chased by this gang," and it probably would have saved a couple of those officers' lives. But whatever. <laughs> um, and then there's like a a police woman who, um, 
is like strangely attracted to this uh like there's these a couple uh criminals who are being transferred to the station on their way to a uh, to, on their way to a prison and so like they have these scenes of just like mild attraction to each other that's kind of weird um and then uh yeah they just kind of defend the uh precinct as just hordes and hordes of nameless faceless gang members uh lay siege to them so and then yeah the, the... i always had fun with it um i don't think it's one of his best ones but i think it's a fun one yeah it's not like any like cool dialogue or um and you're, you're just kind of rolling your eyes at a lot of like the like stupid things that are happening you know yeah it, these should be like the best trained people and they're not very strategic at all um like they're constantly putting their heads like in front of the glass window like even after seeing some guy just get shot through it it's like hmm maybe don't stand in front of the glass window (laughs) um yeah there was a cool reveal when that one uh guy escapes into the car and then he drives her a little bit and then there's 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 one of the gang members in the car the whole time (laughs) uh yeah and then i saw sunset boulevard for the first time uh zach joined me for it um, not a great experience because the crowd was really obnoxious. Um, really, that's weird when it's like in classic movies like that because you think it'd be more of a movie crowd. You know what I mean? Yeah, like a respectful crowd. But no, it was yeah. like two hipster douchebags. Like him and his girlfriend were just laughing and chatting, uh, like to the right of us the whole time. It, like it oh, could not oh. stop distracting me. But also. Overall, I didn't think the movie was like that interesting, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this guy uh, is in debt and he's like escaping, uh, like the people trying to collect on him, and he just stumbles into this uh, mansion where this old uh, Hollywood icon is kind of a recluse, and she's got a butler, and uh, she hires him to write the script that's going to revitalize her career, and then she like falls for him, um, and then he uh, eventually. Uh, kind of goes along with it, but meanwhile he's got eyes on this uh, I don't know, other producer or secretary at the studio, and then uh, what's her what's her name like Norma? What's uh, the actress's name? Oh man! So, uh, full disclosure, Sunset Boulevard is one of those classic movies that I'm not a big fan of. Oh, um. It's okay. <laughs> um, I, I know it's super famous. Um, it's just uh, Gloria Swanson. Norm, Norma, Den- Norma Desmond, that's the character. Yeah, Gloria Swanson's the actress. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's all, I, I don't think it's like an interesting story. Um, it's. I think it's all about the performance and Norbert Desmond's crazy, unhinged. Uh, yeah. And I actually missed like the first two minutes of it because I was a little late. Um, so when I got to the end and there's a, so I've been dead this whole time. <laughs> device, <laughs> like all this narration throughout the whole thing. I was like, oh, by the way, I've been dead. Um, Zach like leaned over to me. He's like, oh, by the way, he's been dead the whole time. I was like, yeah, I figured that out. <laughs> like. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this movie started with this scene. I I got you. Um, so, but hey, you know, just just in case. Yeah. 
So yeah, it's I, I recognize it's a classic, but like the uh, it didn't seem like a deep, interesting story. It just seems like a like a just like an interesting romance, I guess. Idea. Yeah, like I don't think I think it's a good movie. I just I I just have never been like that in love with it, you know. Yeah. Uh, then I watched The Greatest Showman because I was the uh, Esquire late night that that week, and uh, that, cor- <laughs> that movie's corny as hell. <laughs> like, oh yeah, uh, it's like so cheesy. Um, and it definitely like I don't know, like whitewashes the legacy of P.T. Barnum. Uh, <laughs> yep, and all the abuses <laughs> of owning a circus and treating people. Yeah, they definitely like went the other way on that because i'm pretty sure he was a, probably a lot meaner to the freaks in his uh in his stable so yeah and yeah I, he I, I, he's I, definitely he definitely had a niche but um yeah that was and, definitely a candy coated version of the circus life yeah um and then like i didn't even put together like halfway through that zach efron was uh bailey like they even said his name <laughs> bailey constantly and i just did not like, oh yeah, Barnum and Bailey. That's why he's the other guy. Okay. It's like, <laughs> what's this character supposed to do? Um they haven't had circus that circus in probably what, 10, 15 years? When's the last time they had it? When they completely shut down. Oh, I was gonna say, I think they shut it down like ten years ago. Yeah, it's been a long time. I know that. Like way before this movie came out. Um yeah, and I didn't think the songs were that great either. Um I remember it being advertised like, hey, it's from the songwriters of la la land and everything and i thought thought like la la land had way catcher stuff than greatest showman like it's not bad but it's yeah. just like i, I couldn't you know, i felt the same way about bohemian rhapsody not that the music in bohemian rhapsody is bad but the the movie was so stupid and everyone <laughs> like how much money it made and how much people loved it i go this movie is dumb and uh the greatest showman i thought was more entertaining but it's another movie that just had such like long legs and everyone's like, Oh man, this movie's so cool. And, um, you know, you should need to see it. And then when you see it, you go, okay. <laughs> yeah. Heavy CGI. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, like, yeah, I think everyone like performs well in it, but overall it's just like, I don't know. Just, there's a lot of like just cringy choices to it. You're like, uh, okay. Um, then I also watched missing, do you remember that That's one? That's the uh, sequel to Searching, right? Yes, yeah, sort of sequel. Yeah, it's not direct, but it's uh, in the vein of like, hey, the whole movie is just on this computer screen the whole time. Hmm. Um, and I found it really compelling. Like for what what is essentially like a lot of pop ups <laughs> and uh, well, I thought, uh, CCTV cameras. And I thought Searching was way better than it had any right to be. Yeah, um, I saw that one like at the drive-in like years ago. Obviously, when it came out, but. Um, yeah, you know, I went and being like, oh, I'll just watch this because I need something to watch. And then coming away from it being like, wow, that was actually like directed and like, was actually really compelling for what it is. Yeah, I agree. Uh, like way more interesting than a lot of like just straight up dramatic, uh, like um, like cinematic movies are. And Missing is like that, too, except that like the last act is a little ridiculous. And um, I don't want to spoil it, but there's a plan that's going on and it, I'm not, I'm not sure how it was supposed to work <laughs> uh, if it was successful. Um, so other than that, like everything lead up to it is just twist and turn and they're all like really, Oh man, I didn't see that coming. Um, or can you believe this? Like 
this is actually where they're going with it. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty effective. And then lastly, I watched Fire of Love, which is a documentary of these two volcanologists who were a uh, uh, husband and wife, a uh, French couple that uh, traveled the world just documenting volcanoes. Um, like yeah, that movie photo- looked interesting. Yeah, it's uh, it's all like on Super 8 footage. Um, uh, I don't think it's a secret. They died in 91. Uh, yeah, did, what, it, didn't they die at a volcano, right? Yeah, an or, eruption in Japan. Uh, yeah. They're watching and... Uh, Kind of the big thing is, um, like the, the the filmmaker takes like his reels of footage and tries to build because they also like didn't have kids or family to consult with really, um. So it's a lot of just kind of guessing and trying to craft this uh, story of these two people from a lot of footage that's just start and stop random stuff that he shot. You know, like he didn't mm. go and shoot like, oh, I'm gonna do this with a plan it's a lot of just b-roll of you know sometimes it's rocks sometimes it's uh the four tour guides on horses and he like turns it into like a sort of a western thing and then it cuts back to his wife just kind of sitting around looking in the distance so they you know the big challenge is whittling all that down and also it's super eight so there's no sound attached to it so they have to make up the the volcano sounds and everything else um, and there's a narration uh, by Miranda July um, that kind of takes you through it and adds some kind of philosophy to a couple things um, and reinforces what's going on. And so, uh, like the more most interesting part for me was like where they actually talk about vo- volcanoes. And my big takeaway is there's two kinds of volcanoes. There's the red kind and then the gray kind. And the red kind are like the ones we like watching because they just you know, run rivers of red lava out mm-hmm. of the ocean. And yeah, it's a little destructive, but it's not like you can kind of plan and uh, adapt to that. Um, the gray ones are the dangerous ones where it's just a tremendous instantaneous explosion. And there's not really like lava spewing everywhere. It's just like a cloud of dust that just envelops the landscape. Um, and that's like what Mount Haines St. Helens was, was, and uh oh, okay yeah the, and the one that killed them in japan hmm. and they have footage of like them that day before it happens and um then they have footage from the camera there's like a helicopter that catches this plume of gray smoke that just like comes down the mountain and they show like yeah this is where they were and uh all they found was the camera and like his watch <laughs> oh shit yeah and so uh yeah, it's pretty sad, but uh, you know, um, they talk about like you know them being like this, you know, in in this crazy world of tectonic plates and and fire, and uh, you know how insignificant we are, and that these two people had the same love of this, found each other, um, and managed to go on this journey together. Um, it's pretty special. So that was kind of cool. Hmm. What did you watch? Cool. Um, honestly, I didn't watch anything because I was on vacation all week. Um, I, I watched episodes of family guy with Kellen and, uh, he was laughing at when Brian marries that one woman because, uh, he thinks she's going to die in two weeks of cancer. <laughs> and then when she doesn't, and she has six months of cancer farts built up <laughs> as she walks, she just farts everywhere. 
Um, so yeah, that's all I really watched because I just was busy. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, ne- uh, next week we're seeing, or tomorrow we're seeing Ant-Man and the Wasp quantum mania. Yep. So we'll see you at the movies watching that movie. Yeah, if yeah. I wasn't sick, I'd, I'd be totally way more excited. So hopefully I yeah. still get to go. Cool. Well, until next week, bye. Well, a real nerd knows who shot a real nerd. Can follow the plot and a real nerd. Will give it all the gods. Lights, camera, action. Thanks for listening to Real Nerds Podcast, a Nebulous Visions production. Stream or download episodes, read articles at realnerdspodcast.com. Stream us on Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Follow us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, at Real Nerds. Watch us on YouTube, Real Nerds Podcast. Email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Call us at 720-6Nerds5. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill, Mike at Plan 9 Studios, and Bologna for all of our groovy theme songs. And that's how you fucking do it.